Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neurothotep in our Season 6 debut episode. And so if you've enjoyed our traveling series, I hope you've gotten to learn a little bit more about uh, some of our investigators as they move into this phase of the campaign. We will open very shortly here with uh, our folks arriving in Kenya. But before we do that, we need to get to a few propers, as we like to call them. We'd like to thank you for listening, and we'd especially like to thank our Patreon supporters for supporting the show. If you'd like to do so, you can at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. We would greatly appreciate your support. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube as well, uh, at the old ways podcast for all of our video updates and all of the additional video material coming soon. So I will start with introductions to my right. Hi, this is Tiffany and I play Maeve O'Shea and I made some friends and I read a book. Yeah, it's been a nice, pleasant journey. Pleasant is sort of a, doing a lot of work in, in that sentence there. Uh, to Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane and I too made a friend, Aww. but I did not read any books. At the end of the table. This is Jake. I'll be playing Jack Doyle and I, Jack's had a few interesting days, really. He has. Yeah. I think your life has um, evolved. Yeah. I think that's the best way to say it. Uh, to Jack's right. Uh, this is Lonnie. I'm playing Robert Drummond. And uh, not only am I on a ship, but I also was on a motorboat, supposedly. Hmm. I'm going <laughs> to leave that right there. Uh, and so to Mr. Drummond's right. Hi, this is James, and I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tattenbach. And uh, when the ladies make a friend, it's okay. But when the doctor makes a friend, everyone acts all weird. Uh, most of us don't make friends with stethoscopes. Wow. Uh, so, uh, last but most certainly not least. Uh, this is Alex playing Saint-Bellon, who has some property to return. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, more on that uh, very shortly. So, as this is the opener for our official season six, I'm going to go ahead and give our investigators a luck refresh. So, we'll just start right around here with Miss O'Shea, and she'll go ahead and roll luck for me. That's 53 out of 61. Okay, so you may take five more points of luck. Yay. Miss Lane. Got a 59 out of 57. Okay, so that is a failure, but that's the good kind. Uh, you may take 12 points of luck. Awesome. Mr. Doyle. That is 80 over 30. 80 over 30, and Jack gets the extra die. Yeah. Because he is lucky, so he keeps telling me. <laughs> I have yet to seize that, Jack. <laughs> All right, Not so. dead yet. Oh, man. <laughs> I still don't know if that's considered luck. <laughs> Jack, take 24 points of luck. Oh, wow. yeah. Mr. Drummond. Uh, ooh, that's a failure. 18 out of 21. Carmen ooh. hits me. Very good. Take 12 more points of luck, Mr. Drummond. Just enough to kill you again. Yep. And, uh, Doctor. All right. That is a 68 over 57. Oh. Take 10 more points of luck, Doctor. I will, yes. And, uh, Sam, if you would. It's an 83 out of 42. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 42 points of luck for Sam because recently he had to spend a little bit. A little bit. Oh, but it's coming back. 17 points of luck for you, sir. I love it. Thank you. So now that that's sorted and out of the way, we'll raise the curtain tonight on the SS Minerva as it is slowly now making its way 
into the port of Mombasa. Temperature has picked up quite a bit for those of you who have been spending your time on deck. In fact, some of the heat is a little difficult to bear for some of our investigators. It's not the heat um, that might affect you as much, Ms. O'Shea, it's the humidity. So roughly or so, the daytime temperature over the past couple days has been about 80 to 85. The humidity has been about 70%. Uh, So any time spent out on the deck for most of us is a little sweltering. You don't mind it so much. But after a while, you need to seek shelter at some point. Uh, That said, the port of Mombasa is dead ahead. You see it now growing in in the distance. Land is arriving and it makes one person amongst the investigator group happier than everyone else. And that's Dr. Tottenbach, who is not a huge fan of the water. Land ho, Jack. Yes, yes, I definitely see the shore. Can't wait to get off the ship. It's about that time, Jack, um, that you probably begin to begin getting your uh, effects in order. And you come across something that's a little strange. You seem to be missing something. You're missing a statue piece. One of my statues of Bast. Yep. Not the one that uh, Sam said he wanted to borrow. Mm, he did. He mentioned it to you, but it's missing. It's also the one that you got from Zahar Shafiq's place in uh, England. Well, I gotta go find Sam. Well, yeah, I, I know where Sam is. Well, probably in his birth. Yeah. You go to his birth and knock on the door. You don't get an answer. I'll check the door. It's probably locked. In fact, given all the stuff that you've been doing around the ship the past couple of days, you don't remember the last time you saw him. You're fairly certain he's still on board. He would probably say something if he was going to get off the ship. But you haven't seen him. Hmm. I'll go uh, to Drummond's room. Okay. Knock on Mr. Drummond's door. Yeah. Have you seen Sam? Mm, not since yesterday. Hmm. You know what he was supposed to be doing? He was talking with a cat the last time I saw him. Jack, give me a spot hidden room. It's a uh, 2699. Uh, Mr. Drummond has a red mark on his neck. It looks like, well, it looks like mark you might pick up in a, in a speakeasy bar. Oh. Uh. Might want to keep that away from um, hid, hidden from the women. Hmm? Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, I guess I'll try to f- see if I can find Sam. Okay. So, Sam, we, I say that as the collective keeper, we we know where you are. Uh, I guess the question I have is that what, what, what are you doing in your last couple of days? I know you need to get sort of sorted and, and, and collected for your arrival. You can feel sort of in the belly of the vessel. You can feel it slow down. So if, if everything's kind of handled and like I've gone through my studies and um, I've recovered from the uh, event. Um, we can call it an ordeal. Ordeal, yeah. Then I will, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably time to, to head out and um, get things in order for our arrival. So... Uh, I will grab my things, bid farewell to all my new friends, and uh, I'll remember to put my clothes on, and then I'll, I'll go. Yes, in fitting fashion, they watch you leave, as is sort of their way. Yeah. And I, at this point, have the statue is, I'm kind of got it cradled and wrapped in the burlap and like tied, so it's very secure. Just kind of holding like a football, uh, American football. Certainly. You head out from the storage area in your um, concealed spot and where are you heading? Uh, To the quarters, to my quarters, to Jack's quarters specifically. Okay. Give me a luck roll, Sam. We'll see if he's there. Sure. Just got some of that. 88 out of 59, I failed. I don't know. You get there and Jack's not there. But there's a fair chance you'd probably run into any number of the other uh, investigating companions at some point. It's true. We'll say that you uh, we'll say that you run into Lillian, who's uh, just coming uh, back to her back to her cabin. 
um, after having, um, we'll say, a, a, a light lunch on, on deck. Miss Lane? Sam, where have you been? Uh, that is a story that I will happily share with everyone. For the moment, have you have you seen Jack? He's not in his room. No, he he didn't want to go to lunch with me. He went to sit on the deck with the doctor. Okay. I communed with a cat goddess. I'm sorry, what? You I sp- I spoke to a I spoke to, to Bast. Shh. Yes. They're listening, so Did you did you have to turn into a cat to do that? No. That's silly. I mean, it's, it's, that's as silly. Narice could do it. So, I mean, it's not impossible, but, uh, not, not today. No. Um, but nonetheless, I, I have, uh, I suppose I'll wait for him here. I'm not going to tell him you can meet with the cat goddess. I mean, I'll, I'll tell her. I have every intention of doing so. There's much we have to discuss, really. Okay. Well, I'm just headed back to my room, um, to get packed to disembark from the ship. Sure. Um, you're gonna be okay waiting here? Uh, you said he went up to see the doctor, so I suppose I'll... I'll... Well, that is last I knew. Um, did you try Mr. Um, Drummond's room? Look across the hall. The door is there. It hasn't moved. I'll just kind of reach over and tap on it. I open it. Hi. Hi, Robert. How are you? I'm popular today. You are. Have you seen Jack? Yeah, he was just here. Excellent. He's looking for you. Oh, that's also convenient. This is going to be interesting then. Sam, you pick up on something. Um, Robert smells funny. Perfumed. It's delightful, by the way. Thanks. Do you know where he went? I'm not really. I'll look back at Lillian. He didn't really say. I'm not his babysitter. I probably narrow my eyes a little bit. Jack, you come back from the bar having um, collected some provisions before leaving mm-hmm. the ship. Mm-hmm. Really, it's the smartest thing you figure to do. And I, I definitely had to check out the bar to make sure uh, Sam wasn't there. Right. Well, and then you stopped and had a drink with the bartender. Mm-hmm. Name's Clarence. Is a guy you've gotten to know over the time. And of course, he had a little bit of talking. He wanted to get out of, you know, he wanted to get off his chest and... Right. Well, you know, Clarence is a good guy. Yeah, well, yeah, totally. Jack, you head back to, uh, when you head back to your room up the passageway here, you see that there is a small collection of your um, investigating uh, cohorts, including one, Sam. Ah, Sam, I've been looking for you. Yeah, I, I will turn around and smile big at Jack. It's great to see you too. I have, I have a lot to tell you. What are you carrying? Uh, just some provisions. Excellent. I have something that belongs to you. Oh, uh, my statue? Yes, and while I can't apologize for taking it while you were out, uh, I am very pleased to report that not only did it prove suitable, but a shadow of, of Bast saw it worthy to use to communicate with me. Well, uh, that's fantastic. Well, I, I, get, uh, I will extend the bundle. Um, look, nothing would please me more than to see it in your care. I know you'll understand how precious it is. And while okay. we didn't get a chance to discuss your infliction, but I am nonetheless heartened. And I will smile again at Jack and give him like a warm clap on the shoulder. Yeah, that thing we talked about, don't worry about that anymore. It's over? Yes, uh, the doctor and uh, William was able to help me out. Like, I, I, I'm still hugging Jack. And then I let him go. Uh, yeah, so anyhow, I'm, I'm much better. My face is, like, audibly. I'm, I'm obviously very uncomfortable. Yeah, I kind of push the statue into his hands and kind of, like, hold them there. I know I can trust you with this thing. You've taken it this far. It's just a statue, Sam. It was. I don't know if it is anymore. Okay, now I got to open it up and see. I mean, it looks very similar to the statue that you had of the last time you saw it. There is... uh, The eye color has changed in the statue, though. It's a little bit like a 
It's like the eyes of the bass statue have been replaced by a smoked topaz. There's quite the gleam to it now. Hmm, interesting. Well, um, thank you for returning the statue in a mostly the same condition it left. I'm, I'm only grateful. I'm, I can only be grateful that you happen to have it. I, I don't presume to call it fate, but uh, chances are chances. The ship's slowing down. Yes, we're going to be getting off soon. We should pack up our stuff. Is there anything we're worried about getting on, getting on land? No, I think so. I think we should be fine. So before we uh, disembark or get to the disembarking, I want to um, do some, do just a, a small catch up here with Miss O'Shea. She's been dutifully learning and reading in her room, and um, she needs to potentially see the benefits and or, you know, disadvantages of, of, of all of the hard work. So you had some spells. Yes. That you were working diligently to learn. Yes. You have given them to me in a list. Yes. Uh, I have them. And so we'll ask of you to make some hard, intelligent rolls. Okay. We'll just go right down your list. That is 45 out of 90. That's a hard. So the first one you learn. That one I don't. It's an 86 out of 90. I didn't oh. fail, but it's not a heart. It is not. That is um, 35 out of 90. Okay. You learned the third one. I don't know how many I have on there. So. Four. We have four on there. Okay. That is a 43 out of 90. Okay. That's that's it. That's four rolls. Okay. Oh, good. Well, that one would have been an extreme. Hmm. Of course. Well then. <laughs> so you spend the balance of your time seeking the knowledge that is within the Necronomicon. And all the while you are sustained physically by the energy of your fellow serpents. When you finish with your studies, After many days, you find that the serpents that are around you have been mostly consumed. Their vitality has been drained of them. Of course, you've managed to go seven or eight days without having to drink or eat. And so there is some benefit to that. But it is not lost on you where that energy comes from or the remains of what is left. So are most of them gone then? Well, I mean, gone in a relative, you know. Yes, most of them have um, become essentially rotting corpses. There are a few of the larger ones that still exist. They still sit in the corner. They seem to, after several days, have taken to some of the corners of the room as almost if if to give you space for whatever it is that you did. You don't have deep and detailed memories of the past few, four, five, seven days. You remember reading. You remember occasionally there might be a a knock on your door that you simply ignored, but you got the knowledge that you were after. Well, then I will start cleaning up, I guess. Okay. So not to belabor the scene, but where are you putting them? I don't think it does my window open. Probably not. You can open the porthole, yes. Well, then I guess they'll go out to sea. Okay. So you work up a bit of a sweat dumping dead snakes out your porthole. You summoned an awful lot of them. Yeah. And so the... The ones that do survive, what are you doing with them? Oh, I'm going to keep them around until we hit land and then they can go free or stay with me whenever they choose. Okay. After probably uh, um, a few hours of having come around to your your senses again, uh, you start feeling a beat. Like a, like a heartbeat. 
you feel the presence of the father's homeland. Like you're coming home now. You can feel the energy of that place getting closer. That's exciting. It is. It also makes you extremely hungry as you realize you have not likely eaten food in several days. Well, then I will ring down to the kitchen and see if I can order food for like five people. Certainly. Uh, Doctor, while you're um, getting up and um, walking a a little bit to keep your yourself limber, um, you notice several uh, serving carts um, making sort of a last ditch delivery here uh, on the um, first class berth area and they they stop outside Miss O'Shea's door. Uh, Miss O'Shea knock 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 for a line. Yeah I'll open the door. Gestures to the grand array of carts. (laughs) Yeah I'm gonna Grab the cart and pull it in. Just the cart, not the not the porter who's with it. You could no. Grab him and eat him. <laughs> yeah, you have seen too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, getting these uh, the serving plates and the carts inside the room is a little bit of a carnival atmosphere. There is a heavy sort of reptilian musk that hangs in this room now, even with the the porthole uh, open. Doctor, there are also s- multiple snakes in this room that you were not you, you don't remember seeing last time he nods to them as if they were you know silent friends of Maves <laughs> in the corner gentlemen and when she gets the the carts in place and starts you know sort of un, uncovering all of these dishes the staff asks who else is joining you should we perhaps bring a few chairs in where would you like this set no, um, it's just me. They nod. Oh, very, very good. And then, you know, make a hasty exit. Doc isn't going anywhere. He just finds a spot on one of the chairs or couch, a small couch, and just relaxes and watches Babe devour a whole turkey. <laughs> it's it's really um, it's it's likely a lot of yeah. There's probably a lot of meats, but there's probably also stuff that is. Common fare, which would be considered a, I don't know, delicacy is the right word. But one of the things that people forget about this era is that celery is like a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And so you have, you have, you know, there's a celery tray and that means that, you know, you're you're sort of someone who's looked, you know, has money and is, is important. You get a lot of, um, I would say English dishes. That's probably what they're going to serve. But yeah, there's, there's a fair, there's pork. There's um, steak. I'll eat until I'm not hungry anymore. Oh, and make sure I ordered like a pitcher of water or something or lemonade or. Yeah, you get a pitcher of lemonade, maybe some iced tea. Uh, Doctor, the room smells uh, a little different now, obviously, with all this food in it. Right. Miss O'Shea is eating like someone who's been held captive. While she continues to consume, uh, Doc will busybody himself around the room, tidying and occasionally picking up a dead snake that she missed and putting them in a wastebasket. Yeah. Uh, and he makes just polite conversation that she doesn't have to answer with her mouth full. I, I don't think that you hear a lot of the questions that the doctor, the small talk he's making. He's very good at small talk being a doctor. Um, but you probably don't hear a ton of it. You're probably trying to quell the beast that is whatever whatever animal sits inside your stomach that is desperate for food. <laughs> right. But after about an hour or so, you get what you need. And uh, doctor, she probably goes through enough food for th- three people, sort of at the first pass. Doc uh, hasn't particularly seen her outside of her room during this leg of the journey so much okay so that makes sense and the obvious biological impossibility of that to the dock is, is suspended because well what used to be laws are now suggestions a bell is heard overhead throughout 
all of the first class berths um, that the investigators are sort of milling around and near. Uh, they make the announcement that within the hour they'll be landing, they'll be coming into port at Mombasa, and they recommend that uh, anyone going ashore be prepared to, uh, with uh, all of their bags, if uh, there are any porters or uh, in need of, uh, if any passengers are in need of porters, they can uh, make them available to you. I look around, how many snakes are left? I'd say probably six or seven. Okay. How big are they? Like, could I carry them out with me? Collectively? No. I mean, it would be, you could put them like maybe in a, in a trunk somewhere and they would hang out in there and you could. Yeah. I'll probably put them in my trunk because Slander has his bag. So I'm not going to interrupt his space. Yeah. You're not sure how Slander would, would take that. Yeah. No. No. Anyone doing anything specific to prepare before they disembark? Just uh, just hide the most uh, illegal of my weapons. The book is going in the hidey part of my trunk. Okay. The book. <laughs> Within the hour, the assessment of a docks in Mombasa. There is an awful lot of fanfare when they do. As this is not, this is sort of a, a, a last stop on their journey before they head back to Shanghai or wherever it is they might go after this. Um, so there's an awful lot of the three, 400 passengers that are getting, or they're disembarking here from the ship. And on a very long pier, you see the walk off into Mombasa. You see customs. Um, and then you see something that you were probably not necessarily expecting. Um, Customs forms two very distinct lines. And there is a very specific, um, there's, there's very specific people on the right and there's very specific people on the left. The people on the right who are well-dressed and clearly European are moving very fast. The people who are not those people on the left are barely moving at all. Well, um, sadly, we're going to have to get in the right lane. The um, customs officers who are here are enforcing it. That means not all of us are going to be in the same line. Mm -hmm. Sam disappears. Bag in hand. Doc goes to whichever line he's assigned. No problem. Bag and cane. Miss Lane, this is something that you are, given your reading on the ship for the first few days, likely aware was going to happen. Yep, so I um, walk purposefully to the left line, right? The European oh, line? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. To the European line with yeah. purpose and mm-hmm. drag the others with with me. I don't know where Sam went. I can't see him. I mean, if he's actually stealthing, then uh, very few people will probably be able to pick up yeah. where he's at. There's a crowd, correct? Yeah, there's a crowd. Yeah, this is easy for me. So I can't, I can't see you, Sam. <laughs> he'll, uh, nope. he'll, he'll meet. He'll up figure with us. it out. Okay, yeah. he'll move faster than they will. Yep. So I head towards that line. Getting through the line and getting through customs is very easy for most of you. Um, they don't even check your bags. Sadly, though, um, that is not the tale of the people who stand in the other line, mm. where they are, we'll just say, vigorously searched, and they are held up considerably. You see duty tax being paid, all sorts of stuff, all in the name of His Majesty's Empire. So, Sam, um, I don't want to uh, get into the particular dice rolls of how you're going to do it. Given your disguise and your stealth, I won't make you make those rolls. You can freely join the group after customs, however you choose. Uh, yeah, my plan is basically to find a place to slip slip through, around, or over. I really am not in the mood to play with these people. We have things to do. 
and the people I want to speak to are on the other side of that fence. So. Yep. That's for sure. Customs in getting through it in its entirety takes you about 15 to 20 minutes. Beyond that, beyond the custom space, the city of Mombasa is, well, it's set up very much like a small English town. You can tell a lot of the streets here share some similarities with a lot of other small British towns. There is some uh, Arabic and even Islamic uh, tones to it, though. You get a lot of the thin streets like Cairo has. Um, and then there are um, occasionally you'll see a minaret or you might see some Muslim or, or Arabic influence on some of the colorings and shapes in some of the buildings that are used. Well, um, I guess you should find a hotel. I'll ask the, uh, during customs, I'll ask if they know of any good hotels in town. Uh, they do. They absolutely do. So they point you towards... Uh, a couple of hotels. They point you towards uh, the Castle Hotel. Uh, this is sort of the premier hotel. Uh, they, they, uh, one of the customs agents says, if you want a fine hotel, uh, you stay at the Castle. That, that is where you should stay. Clean, beautiful, inside and out. A, a lovely place to take your wife. Yes. Do we have any idea where the Carlisle expedition stayed when they were in town? You would have to probably, um, if there was that knowledge, you'd have to dive into your um, potential missives and clues. I'm not going to worry about it yet. Of course, um, you would know too, Jack, that uh, Erica came here too. That's true. She probably stayed at the castle. Yep. She probably would. So let's find us a nice hotel. Get settled in and then we can start uh, looking for clues. Okay. So off to the Castle Hotel. I am going to ask for a hard spot hidden roll from the investigators. And you'll remember, of course, sir. Said hard spot hidden? I did say hard. Okay. That is a 33 out of 75. Okay. We got a 63 out of 88. Jack? I got a 9 out of 99. Mr. Drummond? I got a 100. I didn't see shit. Doctor? 3. Under 80. Well, now. And then Sam? Uh, That is an 18 under uh, under 85. 18 under 85. Okay, so Ms. O'Shea and Jack and the doctor and Sam. So quite a few of you. Um, quite a few of you on the way to the hotel pick up that there's some seems to be someone walking parallel to the way you're walking. You make out a couple of different things. So on the extremes, those of you who have extremes, um, you pick up that it's a young man and he could be he could be a local. He's definitely not European. Uh, those of you that got hard successes, you pick up that something doesn't feel right and you you feel like you're being watched. Those of you who didn't succeed, perhaps fumbled. Mr. Drummond, you are you are looking in a different direction entirely. You have been visually enticed by uh, um, one of the market stalls here that's available just past customs. Uh, and you've been... Uh, sort of drawn in by a couple of charms. And the reason why you've been drawn in is because the last time you saw a, a charm like this, it was, it was around the, um, the neck of a woman who was leading uh, a seance for you. And you get locked in visually to this little trinket. And your eyes stay in that direction. I was going to wander over there and see how much it was. Yeah. So Mr. Drummond wanders off a little bit. When you wander in that direction though, um, you do so without paying attention to some of your surroundings. And you collide into a woman who has um, a fair amount of items from the market she's trying to handle. 
and you spill a ton of different foodstuffs all over the street. Oh, oh, I immediately go full apologetic hands in the air, um, making obsequious uh, noises and gestures. And I assume this is going to cost me a bunch of money. Well, it certainly cost, uh, it certainly has begun a scene, we'll just say. So go ahead. Everybody else can react to the things that are going on. Obviously, those of you who pick up pick up that you're being followed, or you're being watched at the very least, uh, pick that up. And then this the the sort of moment of tension is broke by a bunch of fruit and foodstuffs being spilled all over as Drummond collides with this woman. I'm gonna glance over at Jack. Is he looking in a particular direction besides the foodstuffs? Yeah, he seems to have zeroed in on it. Jack okay. doesn't miss much. Right. That's why I always look at him first, because I'm like, something's not right. I bet Jack saw it. Sam, do you see that? The clumsy or the other thing? The other thing. Mm-hmm. Do uh, you want to uh, look into that? Probably best. Um, look, I'm, I'm not going to explain to you uh, why I'm not in a hurry to debase myself by dancing to these people's tune. The fact is, um, the lot of you will travel smoother without my direct involvement here. I have nothing to prove to the local constabulary or their land baron masters. I will see about this matter and right. keep you posted. Good, good man. Mr. Drummond, the woman begins yelling at you in a language you don't understand. And she looks around and is sort of aghast at what's happened. Well, I'll try and be as placating as possible. I assume that she's not speaking any language I understand unless she knows French or English. She, she is certainly not. She is speaking a language you do not understand. Worse yet, a member of the uh, local Mombasa police is walking over now. Officer. What uh, seems to be the problem, sir? I'm, I'm very clumsy and I'm very sorry and I I need to, I can't uh, communicate. Um no, you're, you're, you're fine. Go, go right on your way. I'll handle this. What are you doing in the streets? He begins berating her. You know you're not supposed to be here. You know you're supposed to be moving on this street here. Get this stuff out of here. I go running over to her cart and start helping her pick up the vegetables. Well, yes. it's not it's not a cart. It's like she was carrying it like on her shoulders oh, and head. Is there baskets? Yeah, then? there are. Okay, then I start helping you to put back yeah, the I baskets. Will, I will actively also grab a basket. Um... I will also attempt to um, put a bit of uh, currency in the basket. Okay. While everyone's arguing with each other. The two of you assist in, in her getting her, her fruit and foodstuffs back into this, into shape, so that way she can continue to carry them. Um, she thanks you as best she can. Mm-hmm. She's obviously a little irritated at you, Robert. Mm-hmm. But the the Mombasa police officer doesn't really change his stance. He continues to reassure you, Robert, that it's perfectly fine. It's not your fault. And unfortunately, it leaves you a little sick. But really, it's not that much different from uh, Shanghai in the international quarters. No, that's probably true. Um, but to see it wielded so easily here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to extricate myself as quickly as possible. Lillian, you help her get the rest of her things back together. She thanks you in English as best she can. And you can tell that this is likely not her first encounter with the police that has gone like this. I just, you know, take her hand and I, and I pat it. And, you know, it's okay. I, I hand her some money when I do that. She probably takes it, but um, you don't you don't get the sense that it's the band-aid you hoped it would be. Unfortunately, I I can't berate the police officer for being a dick. Cause, but I do point at one of the she say she had vegetables and fruit. Yeah, vegetables, fruit, other foodstuffs that she was probably bringing to market to sell. Yeah, I, I point to make her feel like I'm I'm you know, she's contributing. I, I point at a couple of the, the apples or bananas she has. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, she'll happily exchange some food for the money that she's been given. So I, yeah, I take a couple of the apples and 
and thank her and go look for, for Jack and the others. No, I, I was right there. I was just kind of... Oh, you're not. Well, I don't... Sam? No. Okay. Well, I, I hand Jack one of the apples. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Sam's taking care of... Uh, we have a... Uh, a tail. Yeah, speaking of that... Um, so, uh, Sam, you're going to go off and hunt this tail? Since I don't have my own, I have to go get one. <laughs> okay. So, having spotted this person previously, they are going to use the, um, we'll just say the environment to their advantage and attempt to bleed into the background. I love this game. This is my favorite game. So... I suppose then it's going to be spot hidden versus stealth. And then eventually, if you can succeed on a roll, you'll get a track roll. Okay. So I got a nine out of 85. You pick up the trail a few moments later after speaking with Jack, and it looks like this young, younger man, maybe, maybe a Maybe somebody in their early 20s is uh, hoofing it down one of the streets now. He's he's breaking for an alley. Do, is he fleeing from me? Uh, he doesn't appear to be fleeing from you specifically, but he seems to be fleeing or moving in a, in a rather uh, quick fashion to a specific spot, you'd think. I will give chase. I'm not going to actively like get on his heels. <laughs> mm-hmm chase him like you know he stole something of mine uh no it's i'll just i'll follow him until you know one of us gets tired i suppose when he breaks line of sight with you he's gonna try to stealth again i got a 71 under 85 okay he moves through some of these uh, previously mentioned fairly thin alleyways that's sort of how the houses are built here um and you get to a crossroads that has uh, a, a fair amount of residential uh, spaces in it. Mm-hmm. And he's, you can tell that he's, you're having to sort of dart around a little bit just with your eyes to try to fixate on his position. Is he going to be running into like a, just like a residential area? Like these are homes? Mm-hmm. Homes. Okay. Think of them like um, most of them are sort of uh, four family residences. And so, like, you come upon a street and there are, um, you know, people and uh, some sometimes livestock and then sometimes cooking spaces and mm. all sorts of, you know, is this, laundry. Is this, does this man appear to be a local or, or a colonial? Oh, this man is not a colonial. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm assuming we're running into, like, you know, this is local territory. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, now, I'll do my best not to lose him. Um, if, if he's, I'm not making an effort to hide from him. I'm kind of, I'm not specifically leaping into his line of sight, but if he happens to spot me, I'm going to attempt to flag him down gently. I'm not going to like throw something at him, but I'll try to get his attention. If, if he, if he looks my way, uh, I will give him a, an open hand wave and, you know, kind of a, a, a beckon if I see him, if he sees me anyway. Otherwise, I'll just continue to pursue him. You continue your pursuit. Um, he doesn't seem to acknowledge the hand wave. Um, you see him cut into like into a house that is like actively occupied. Oh, damn it. He's not going through it, is he? It seems like that's where he's going. Well, you're not sure. Um, you get to the house of, a few moments later and you know, the people around sort of look at you for a second. Like I, uh, I catch my breath. Hmm. What time of day is it? Or is it afternoon? Lillian had lunch earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll say it's afternoon day. All of you. I assume you're speaking English. I'm speaking, speaking to them in, I'm speaking to them in the language that, that bass would enable me to, whatever that might be. Okay. So you begin speaking, you begin uttering a, you know, a good day, a good afternoon, a greeting, 
and they um, they nod to you and return the greeting. It's very strange hearing the words out of their mouth. It's actually strange hearing the words come out of your mouth as you were not expecting that. No, but here we are. I will try to I try to breathe through it. Um, I probably get a little lightheaded. Uh, someone just uh, ran through here and I was uh, concerned. They seemed interested in some people I was with and I was simply curious. The uh, There's an older man here stirring a, a cooking pot and he uh, nods and says uh, Avtar is a curious boy I travel with curious people I understand is I understand the appeal they make uh, they make quite the picture hmm. if you uh, continue on your way I'm sure he will see you again so an adept runner (laughs) (laughs) well uh, many of us are have to be I I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't expect to jog this this early in the day but uh, uh, I I just arrived by boat Mm. uh, very recently welcome thank you I'm Sam oh he steps up and uh, introduces himself I am Ken. Ken, it is my greatest pleasure. Hmm. You, uh, what, what did you say the, the young man's name was? Avta. You, uh, let Avta know I, I, whoever this strange person who followed him through the streets was, thinks he might have a lot to offer the world later in his life. Oh, I will be sure to let him know. He is uh, much like the wind. Comes and goes. Well, perhaps I'll see him again and and you all. Good fortune to you. I I would like to bless this man. Okay. In in what way? I am going to... Uh, well, he, he basically laid a, a blessing of sorts on me. So I will turn to him. And uh, I will say... Uh, Bast, watch over you in the dark and lonely places which you must walk. Be your eyes in the darkness and your cloak of silent embrace and safety. And I'm going to spend four magic points to make a pow roll. Go for it. I really hope I don't fail. All right, that's a five out of uh, 45. Okay. So you are giving him a blessing. Yes. I don't know if he's lost any sanity, but he gets some of it back. Yep. Understood. Uh, he brightens and um, graciously accepts your blessing. He's never risk treated a cat, right? Oh, man, I didn't ask him. Okay, that's fine. You did not. But that's okay. It'll learn you at some point. Yeah. I, I make my way back to the group, and every once in a while I look over my shoulder to see if that uh, lurking... Lurker is lurking. Very well. Castle Hotel is a fine establishment for our investigators to arrive at. It is uh, beautiful. It is, I guess one would say amongst all of the other buildings here, it is the, excuse the uh, play on words, it is the whitest building that's here. It seems freshly painted. It has all sorts of beautifications that have been done to it. The front gardens, the walk up. This is a place where some likely Jack, some rich people would love to come and hang out. Oh, okay. Are we really going to stay here or are we going to find another place? I think there there is a um, probably a nicer place. A nicer place? I don't know. It just seems a little ostentatious. Yeah, I know, right? I actually feel kind of bad staying here. I say, I've kind of felt that way since we've gotten off the boat, Jack. Yeah. Perhaps it's my travels, but I'm finding it harder and harder to dislike people because of little things. (laughs) Maybe somewhere a little quieter? Yeah, maybe. I mean, we're not going to be here very long, right? Because we're moving on to Nairobi. 
Uh, hmm. Just we'll get a couple days. We'll try to figure out what's going on. We'll go through the clues again and go with the game plan. So is it just a restaurant that the Collingswood House is? Or is it also? I guess you probably have to investigate that, wouldn't you, Maeve? Yeah. Yeah. Can we see it from Uh, where we're at? If it's in Nairobi, no. No, it's in Mombasa. (laughs) Uh, You could probably track it down. Yeah, let's get get a couple rooms and then we will work from there. Yeah, I could use a hot bath anyways. Okay. So the Castle Hotel is, uh, as I said, three floors. The front of it is open, aired. You see a lot of arches along each one of these floors. Um, there is a there is a definite feeling that it is the nicest place to stay by a mile here in Mombasa. It's nice. At least it's not the floor. <laughs> All right, we'll go in. When you arrive, the porters are happy to take your bags, your steamer trunks. You are, you know, fawned over and uh, made as um, comfortable as they possibly can. Drinks in the hotel lobby, easy, you know, recreational sitting areas. There's a beautiful bar here. You all get your own rooms. It becomes the next headquarters for our investigators. Temporary headquarters, of course. Because as we all know, they are want to move around. Mm, That's true. We keep setting stuff on fire, so we have to keep moving. It will at least give our investigators an opportunity then to plan their next movements. And so for our episode tonight, we will close it down there. We will thank you for joining us and listening uh, to season six, uh, Kenya, as we unfold the rest of our investigation. Thank you and good night.